Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Tara Rye. And we are continuing our series of women of the Bible, fears they might have experienced, and ways God met them with love and grace. And we live in a very rushed culture where I feel like the stakes are always rising, whether it's with our careers, with parenting, with with pretty much anything I think we encounter where we're always feeling like we have to run and play catch up and people are exhausted and overwhelmed and overworked. And I know so many people want to rest, to refuel, but they just don't feel like they can. Like maybe if they were to take that extra day off work, they'd lose their job. Or maybe if they didn't enlist their child in that extra activity, then their child would somehow be deprived or whatever. There's a lot of reasons that make it difficult for us to rest, but we're robbing our souls and our spirits and really our relationships and, and just our well-being if we don't learn to take that time. Mm, I can completely identify with that. You know, that moment when you're just sitting there and you have a quiet moment and then all of a sudden it hits you. It's like, wait, what should I be doing? When I worked at Grace University as the Dean of Women, I found that the communication was nonstop because we, as the the deans were in charge of all um, housing, all leadership, all discipline processes, anything to do with student development, anything to do with on-ramping new students onto the college campus. And the deans were also asked to be present for all the games, the dramas, the corrals, any special events. It, It seemed like we were expected to always be on. And I know that that wasn't the intent of the university, but that is kind of how it kind of morphed and felt. And I found myself as I got into being the dean that I couldn't take the stress level anymore. I I, I had to find a way to pause and reset. I'm a person that still was doing my Bible study and prayer in the morning, but I, I needed rest. And the way that I intentionally caused myself to pause is I found if I went back to drawing, I had to slow down. There was something about just sitting still and pen and paper and creating something that caused me to filter out the noise, to filter out the social media, to filter out the emails, all of that, and just focus in and rest. And that started a healing process in me. But then I realized I even had to take it a step further. I needed to guard Sundays. That my Sabbath was no longer Sabbath. I was pretty good about guarding it before I accepted the position of grace. But then as communications would increase and the need for people to ask questions and stuff, I just found that I felt almost like I had to constantly respond. That if I didn't respond somehow... Everything was going to spontaneously combust. I don't know, thinking I'm that special. I'm not. But I was not actually going to the Lord and resting in Him. And so I put the challenge to myself 
that on even Sundays, I was not allowed to answer emails or to respond to them. That if it was an emergency, then somebody could actually make a phone call and call me. But anything else, I wasn't going to do a communication. And that was the best gift I could have given myself because I found myself then relaxing and I found myself better able to actually be more present, mentally focused on the people because I had taken the time to allow myself to be refueled in the place that I needed it. I imagine that took courage. Um, It wasn't easy. It was actually hard. And I felt like everybody fought against it. I felt a struggle within the family. I felt a struggle um, within the student population and even staff where um, it's like, what do you mean you're not going to be available to me? And, and it's like, right now I need to rest. And so I started communicating. And so one of the boundaries that I even did is that 9 p.m. at night, my phone to this day is plugged and it's in my living room. It's not near me. And that way I'm not close to it. And, and so that I wouldn't be drawn to respond if I saw that little icon that said somebody had communicated. Wow, I love that. And I think women especially can really struggle setting boundaries because we do have a God-given nurturing aspect to our nature. And sometimes it can go overboard. It can be hard to know, like, when... When do we need to draw that line? And I was thinking about a story from Scripture, Mary and Martha. They were two sisters. And I'm actually going to just go ahead and read the story. And this is from Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to read from verse 38 all the way through verse 42. Scripture says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. May God honor the reading of his word. I really love that. And as you were just reading that passage, I was reminded of a time I worked at Houston's First Baptist in Houston, Texas, in the preschool. And the preschool minister, Marion James, would have to go three flights to go through all of the preschool classrooms. And one Sunday I asked her, I said, Marion, why do you always come to our room? Every Sunday I see you. And she just very quietly said, presence is powerful, Tara. And I mean, I have tears in my eyes right now. Like I, like that one statement to me as a young 20 year old has hit me profoundly my entire ministry life. Jesus was revealing to Martha presence is powerful. Mary chose the most important thing, and that was to be at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And, and in this particular story, Martha is struggling with much. (laughs) We all have much. There are many things. What are some of the much that you are struggling with today? Oh, goodness. Like sometimes I will feel like I want to be there for my daughter and I want to be there for my husband and I want to be there for my ministry. And at, at each moment, I will have to sift through. Like, what am I going to be present for 
now. Mm, I love that. And, and I love the fact that you had to sift through it because there is a time and place where we should be in the kitchen preparing food and getting things clean. But there's also a time where we should be at the feet of Jesus and, or the feet of our husband or the feet of our daughter or the feet of our agent. It's, there is a time and presence is powerful, not just with the Lord, but it's with people. And it's taking the time to ask ourselves, where can I truly be present and what will help me most be present when I am? And what I love about this particular story is that Mary in a culture that did not have women make the choice to sit at the feet of the rabbi was getting it. She needed to be at his feet. She recognized that his presence was important and that she she should be sitting with him so that she could learn from him. And that took huge courage. Like you said, first of all, it was not the cultural norm. She was expected to be in the kitchen preparing. And I think there are times when, just like with you, with your story, there was all this expectation. And that can be really hard because most of us want to be liked. We want to be respected. We don't like conflict. We don't like disappointing people. And so all of those fears of rejection, of conflict, of loss of relationship, whatever it is, can cause us to run around doing what everybody else thinks we should be doing instead of saying, God, what do you want me to be doing in this moment? And what I love about this story, now, granted, we don't know what happened in vaccines, but I don't see Mary defending herself. I don't, first of all, I don't see her jumping up to do what Martha wants. And I think sometimes that's so easy when when people are upset with us and, and implying that we're not doing what we should be doing. It's so easy to jump up and want to please them. I didn't see Martha do that. And I didn't see her defending herself or arguing with, with Martha. Mary just was kind of like, I'm doing what I need, need to be doing. And then Jesus took care of it. He did. I love it. I, I love how I, the scene just, it makes me cringe because I can see myself being Martha. Lord, don't you get her up in here and make her help me. You know, this is where women are supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Um, but at the same time, I'm more of a Mary personality. I'm more of a person that would rather just be sitting with whoever I'm with and be present with them. And I love the fact that Jesus stabilized Martha and said, Martha, Martha, she's doing what is best. There are many things you can choose from, but staying here and listening, this is it. And, and getting Martha to be thinking about that. I feel bad for Martha because she's often given a bad rap because of this passage. And, and, but in honesty, she has welcomed how many people into her home? How many people did you read? Well, yeah, so it could have been just the 12 disciples, but it could have also been like the 72 that were mentioned before anywhere in between. Okay. So how often do you serve 12 people in your home and what does it do to you to try to get dinner and everything prepared for 12 people? I usually will have pizza on speed dial because I know I'll burn it. I'll know I'll mess up. I'll mistime it. So yeah, it is in our home. It would be a mess. And that's the reason why I like reading your Facebook post because you always post about burning food. (laughs) 
our family is notorious for throwing food, meaning that we drop dishes and stuff. I just received a text from my son telling me that he dropped last night's chili. I like, I think when we're in the rush of taking care of things that happens, like we're, we know we're going to mess up. It's not going to be right. I need Mary in here because I am trying to take care of you humans that need food now and get her in here. And yet Jesus said, she's actually doing the most important thing. And the most important thing is that she was receiving the presence of Jesus. And now I know that I can do that when I'm in my kitchen working. Sometimes when I am washing dishes, I can have my best prayer times. And when I'm willing to do that and be slow enough that it's actually an act of worship, then I'm not going to be going after somebody else because they're not in my kitchen cleaning with me. You know, I think the other thing that's significant with this passage for us to think about whether we're the Mary or the Martha, because I think we have times where we're both, like you mentioned, Martha invited them in. We have no idea what Mary's plans for her day was. That might have already been on her agenda as her rest day. Maybe she had planned to go and follow Jesus out, you know, wherever he went. And Martha seemed to feel like or that she got to say not only what would happen, but then what Mary would do. And I'm reminded of that, especially like Christmas time, right? When it comes to Christmas decorations, how often I could say, okay, this is how I want my home decorated. And so then my husband has to go do the lights. And then I have to wonder, why do I get to decide that? If he doesn't want Christmas lights or if he doesn't want the kitchen clean to the same degree or vice versa, we don't get to decide for other people how they will spend their time. I, you know, and as you're talking, I've never thought of this before. Which one was the older sister? Do you know? I think she was Martha. You do? Okay. I guess I'd never caught that before, how I had not, you know, and so as the older sister, Culturally, she would have had the right to tell the younger sister to do what she wanted. And Mary would do what she wanted because that is how culture is. So Mary wouldn't have a say. Yet Jesus said she's doing the right thing. And so what that tells me is that when I'm struggling, task people, people task. Which one is the more important thing? And when I'm struggling with people task or presence of God, which one is the more important thing and asking myself so that I actually get my heart in the right place with the right person. And I have found that when I'm right in the presence with God and him centered on him, things go well for people and my tasks. I love that. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully today just inspired you to go take a spa day or maybe go find a book or or paint or do something that will help you refuel and connect with God so that when you go back to your task, you do so refreshed and with clarity. And we would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already done so. Share it on social media. And we also would be so encouraged if you would rate it. That would help others to find it. And until next time, may you go with the courage of one who truly has been set free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. 
To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Y'all, we all got weaknesses. It's okay. Just acknowledge what those weaknesses are and be willing to confront them. Even when restoration doesn't work, forgiveness always does. Chris, how did you overcome the whole passive husband thing? I let him through it. (laughs) (laughs) There is work for us to do. It is not just sit back and cross my arms and just kind of wait for God to drop the miracle. Hey, y'all, it's Dana Shea. For real faith-based marriage advice, be sure to tune in to Real Relationship Talk on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.